0: Hey there, it's Mitch here, and before we get into today's episode, our spring membership drive has officially sprung, and we've got one heck of a giveaway. When you make a donation in any amount to Vermont Public by March 16th, you'll be entered to win a new roof valued up to $15,000, thanks to Vermont Construction Company. Your support makes everything we do possible. Make a gift today so we can keep bringing you the trustworthy, reliable news you count on day in and day out. To make your gift, head to vermontpublic.org slash donate. And thanks. From Vermont Public, this is The Frequency. I'm Mary Angish, filling in for Mitch Wortley. It's Tuesday, February 13th. And here are today's headlines. Online sports betting has gotten off to a hot start in Vermont. Liquor and Lottery Commissioner Wendy Knight says almost $20 million was wagered during the first three weeks of betting in the fledgling legal market. The average bet was roughly $23 and almost 850,000 individual bets were made. Knight says the state received roughly $1.1 million in revenue. And she says a lot of it came from bettors visiting Vermont. There is far more revenue earned and far more um, gaming than I had expected. We're also seeing the majority of the sports wagering activity that's taking place in Vermont is from out-of-state players. Knight says it's hard to predict how much the state will receive on an annual basis because this early reporting period coincided with the NFL playoffs and games that attract enormous betting interest. The top prosecutor in Addison County pleaded not guilty yesterday to a charge that she allegedly drove drunk to a crime scene last month. Addison County State's Attorney Eva Vakos didn't talk to reporters after her arraignment, and her attorney declined to comment. The misdemeanor DUI charge carries a potential two-year prison sentence. Vakos was arrested in late January after arriving by car to the scene of a suspicious death in Bridport. According to police affidavits, she allegedly smelled of alcohol and was slurring her speech. Vacos told police she drank one gin and tonic with dinner. She then refused to take a field sobriety test and was arrested. The attorney general's office is prosecuting the case. Since Vacos was arrested in the county where she serves as state's attorney, the judge yesterday also ordered that the rest of the case be heard in Chittenden County instead of Addison County. Vermont legislators are considering two bills that would raise taxes on the state's wealthiest residents. Some Vermonters, including Governor Phil Scott, worry a wealth tax would lead rich Vermonters to move out of state. Others, including some high-income Vermonters like Ben Cohen, say they support the idea. Cohen co-founded Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. Yesterday on Vermont Edition, he said a tax increase would not be enough to cause him to cut ties with the state. People go around saying uh, they're Vermonters and they love Vermont. You know, if, if, if an incremental expense on their taxes is going to drive them out of Vermont, uh, you know, they didn't really want to be here that much anyhow. One proposal would tax people with more than $10 million in net worth on their capital gains. The other would add a 3% marginal tax on incomes of more than $500,000 a year. And the United States Postal Service is considering a plan that would route some Vermont mail through Hartford, Connecticut, even some sent from one Vermont town to another. Postal officials will hold public hearings on the proposal, which would see the letter sorting operations move from facilities in Essex Junction and White River Junction to Hartford. A USPS spokesperson told Seven Days that the change would not mean that Vermont's letter sorting facilities would close. Rather, the centers in White River Junction and Essex Junction would be renovated for package sorting and other purposes. Coming up, remembering a craftsperson and Middlebury resident who passed away last month that story after this. The Frequency is supported by MVP Healthcare, offering Medicare Advantage plans made for Vermont and guided by doctors, in partnership with the UVM Health Network. Info at uvmhealthadvantage.com. In the early 19th century, strips of wool were saved and then repurposed to create rugs to warm the floors in chilly New England homes. This was a craft at which Suzanne Douglas excelled. A Middlebury resident, Douglas was a professional craftsperson, a weaver, rug, and quilt maker. She was a member of the statewide Twist-A-Wool Guild, based in Bristol, and generously shared her talent by teaching others fiber arts at various workshops. Suzanne Douglas was 74 when she passed away. Though she didn't have a car, Douglas was known throughout Middlebury, walking from place to place and creating community wherever she went. In her life as a craftsperson, she elevated simple strips of fabric scraps into rustic artwork. Loops of brown and tan cloth that she pulled through a stiff burlap backing became a tableau of a sly fox eyeing juicy purple grapes. Amy Oxford first met Douglas in 1994 when she worked at Oxford's store called Red Clover Rugs at Frog Hollow in Middlebury. She said Douglas was always generous with her time and her craft supplies. She shared a lot of yarns um, she wasn't using, and they were beautiful yarns. You know, she didn't just share scraps. She shared really wonderful, fancy yarns. Oxford said Douglas helped hundreds of customers choose colors for their own craft projects, relying on her unusual color sense. She could um, match the look of a rug from the 1800s or pick something really wonderful and wild. Douglas was a northern New York native and a high school librarian. Then in 1999, she began what would become a 20-year stretch at Middlebury's Henry Sheldon Museum. Douglas first worked as a librarian there. Most recently, she was the front desk greeter. She had iconic blue eyeshadow that she always wore. That's Coco Mosley, executive director of the museum. She really was the the face that um, folks saw when they entered the big front doors of the museum. She would greet Folks get them oriented to the museum, share the history of the Henry Sheldon Museum, and offer any kind of tidbits of guidance as they went through the space. Mosley said Douglas connected with people of all ages and backgrounds. When she sent word of Douglas's passing out to the museum community, she heard back from many, including one family whose five year old was a frequent museum goer and loved seeing Suzanne behind the front desk. It was such a a reminder, I think, of the ways somebody can have ongoing, consistent impact on their community through just their engagement, right, in in what, what happens here in everyday life. This spring, the museum community, along with the Twista Wool Guild, will hold a gathering at the Sheldon for Suzanne and feature a collection of about 30 Love for Rugs. story was produced by me. Thanks for listening to The Frequency today. We had additional reporting from Bob Kinzel, Liam Elder-Connors, Michaela LaFrac, and Nathaniel Wilson. Our executive producer is Kevin Travelin, and our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. I'm Mary Engish. Talk to you later.